Hey guys, this is Bruce. Welcome to Combo Courses Podcast. It's Saturday, so 1 p.m. Mount Standard Time. We do this every week where it's open topics, anything you want to talk about, as long as it has to do with cybersecurity. And um, I'm a subject matter expert on specifically on security compliance. Um, but any other topics you want to talk about, it's fine with me. The great thing about this community is that there's people that get on here that are way smarter than me who can articulate exactly what to do and how to, where, where to go, how to learn certain aspects of cybersecurity and information technology. And that is my favorite thing about this community. And that's what it's all about. It's about this whole community. So that being said, let's get into this. I want you guys to know right now, um, I have another, just like last week, I try to come out with something every week I can give you. And last week we had like a free book, like that book I wrote like a year ago. But now I have one I just recently finished up, like all of the uh, the edits on it are, are done. I've got a few other things I have to do on the back end of it as far as offering other free stuff to go with the book. I'm still working on that. But if you're interested in that, link in description below. It's 99 cents right now. It's going to go up in price. That's how you advertise it. You come in low or free. And I'm trying to get... Re, uh, reviews. So those of you who are already on my newsletter, you guys have already gotten um, an offer to actually get my book for free, absolutely for free PDF version of it to review it. So um, if you didn't know, now you know. So this right here is going to be a walkthrough of how to do prompt engineering with ChatGPT, but also you can use it with any um, large language model. And it's what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a whole series of it where it goes deeper and deeper into more complex issues with because there's a lot of stuff you can do with ChatGPT. So we're just scratching the surface on this first book. It's a dollar right now. It's going to go up. I might drop the price even lower, but we'll see about that. But for now, one dollar. I'm looking for your guys' reviews. Check the book out. Um, and uh, let me see. I've already got something from someone saying... Um, do you have anything on EMAS? I get this question a lot, but unfortunately, I don't I don't have access to EMAS. Otherwise, I would totally teach that EMAS, um, Archer, Exacta and all the other platforms. I would be happy to teach it, but they they're only they're exclusive to the government. So as far as I know, I can't get access to them unless I work directly for that department and I don't have access to EMAS. But I would love to. I've gotten offers from people talking about teaching it on my platform but i haven't you know there's no real nobody's actually doing it so that'd be great if i could get that but unfortunately no i don't have it i know that a lot of work that we do is typically in a platform like that but you know i don't i don't have access to it so sorry about that i, I would love to get access and then explain i mean it's it's actually i've worked on a few systems i worked on archer csam um some some proprietary systems that certain government agencies have and a lot of the work is done there and they get very complicated so it's hard like every time you get on a new one you got to like learn that new platform and how they how it parses the the controls and how you do implementation statements and all that kind of stuff but unfortunately i don't have access to it yeah that's what i thought is the reason uh, there's none online. Yeah, I don't I'm not sure like what's going on with that. Um, I hope that they will re like release like a demo version, you know, to help people to get more awareness on how to use it and stuff. But unfortunately, you know, I, I think that normally I think there's some free training. If you have access to the government, they have you can actually get access on the DISA site. Let me see if I can find that. DISA, 
think has an e free EMAS training if you already have access to the internal DISA site. Let me see if I can find it for you. I know that there's this PDF, but this is, oh man, this is really thin, my lord. Yeah, okay, well, there's this. Here, let me show you what I'm looking at here. Yeah, there's this, um, but this isn't this isn't what I was talking about. There's like a, there used to be EMAS training, this, uh, there used to be something where you could sign up within the government site. Is this it? Uh, NISP access to, um, here's one, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure if you have access to this, but here's one right here. Um, I think you have to have access. You have to have like a cat card to get access to this one. But here it is right here. Yeah, I don't know. There's one. And I, I don't know. I may have access to this. I'll have to try it on my other computer, <laughs> on my government computer. Um, I'll try it. I'll try it. But it looks like it must have, yeah, look at that. Must have DOD PKI certificates from one of the following. Yeah, I don't, maybe I, I might have this. So maybe, maybe. Yeah, but that's that's a couple of resources. Let me see if I can find another one for you. Um, all I did was type in EMAS training DISA because uh, I've been, it's, look, this is my site right here. <laughs> People have been asking me this for years. I think I did this like three years ago. Yeah, look at this. This is me from, from three years ago talking about this exact same thing. People are always asking me about this. And unfortunately, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't have access to it. So um, this is me again. Like people constantly ask me about it. It's too bad. I would love to teach it. Because it's, you know, I mean, I know a couple of these of these systems. So I, I'm familiar with them. I know I can figure it out pretty fast. Because once you've done one, you kind of have an idea of what they're trying to do. I hate emails. <laughs> This is on Reddit. <laughs> oh, that's great. Reddit is awesome. Uh, let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, DISA offers. Okay, no. Well, there's one. I Yeah, I saw it. Um, you came up regularly on EMAS. Yeah, yeah, because people have been asking me for years and years and years and years about it. And I my, my answer is the same. Unfortunately, man. And now, and somebody's going to see this video. I'm going to clip up this video of me not finding EMAS training. <laughs> and then three years from now, if I'm still doing this, I'll see my, my face again on EMAS training. Sad, sad state of affairs. Anyway. Uh, let me see. I, I had some questions here. Let me see if I can, I'm going to, since there's nobody chatting with me, I'm going to answer some questions from my own site. I got so many questions that happened throughout the, throughout the week. And I just don't, I'm not able to get to them because I'm just too busy, but let me see if I can answer some. EMAS is better than CSAM. I wouldn't know. I have not used 
Uh, I use CSAM. I don't like it. I don't like CSAM at all, man. It sucks. <laughs> uh, ServiceNow is like a freaking Rubik's Cube. Ser ServiceNow, that's what I could talk about, the differences between the platforms. So in doing federal <laughs> GRC work, they usually do most of their work on a – they'll do it on a spreadsheet or Word. They'll do it on um, – They'll do it on several different platforms. One's called Exacta, which I've never messed with before. They used to have one called EIDTR, which the Air Force used to use. That one's gone. I don't think anybody uses that anymore. There's e EMAS is one of the biggest ones in the Department of Defense. And then you got uh, Archer, which is used not just by the federal government, but states use it. Giant corporations use it. A lot of people use Archer. That's a big one. So I'm very familiar with that one. And then you've got ServiceNow, uh, which is huge. And um, there's a few other ones besides those, CSAM. And uh, so far, my favorite has been Archer, just because I'm just more familiar. It was very straightforward. They have their own controls. You can tell they put a lot of work into it. Archer's, Archer's nice. I like Archer. Um, CSAM... I'm at this new job I'm at, we're using CSAM, and I really don't, I really don't like it. It's like complex for no reason. It's like they try to add too much into it and made it overly complicated and it's not intuitive. And you kind of need it to be intuitive because everybody's gonna be working with it, not just technical people, non-technical people, managers. Everybody has to use this system. And it's I feel like it's overly complicated and it's just not. I don't know if it's how effective it is, like maybe it's super effective. I don't know. But my first working with my first time working with it, it just seems overly complicated. I mean, I'm getting it. It's just like stuff is buried, you know, and the way it handles poems is kind of. I don't know, it's kind of clunky. Um, so I don't really care for CSAM too much. ServiceNow. Oh, my Lord. ServiceNow has a lot of potential, actually. Now called Snow. ServiceNow has a lot of potential. Um, it's, it can do everything. I feel like you almost have to be a programmer to use it. <laughs> but I like ServiceNow. I just got to get used to it. I like I like how integrated it is. I can see why people don't like it. I can see why a person would not would hate ServiceNow because it's it's not intuitive and you got to like really dig into it. I like the filters. I like that everything can be fed into it. It seems to be something that that if you do it right, it can it can really be a hub for everything you do in your organization. So that's what I like about it. It's like it's got a lot of potential. I don't understand it quite yet. I'm not quite there yet with use, using it just yet, but I see that has potential. So um, I'm I'm excited to actually learn more about ServiceNow. To be honest with you, somebody said we use Archer. The security incident seems smooth, but uh, no, uh, but a no for asset management. Um, yeah, um, let me see. What did I use Archer for? My last couple places, we used. I was at an organization that was using ServiceNow to track security controls. Um, and I got like a demonstration how they did it. And then they gave me this. I was mapping their security controls in Archer. 
with two or three other control families. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, wow, this is this is really good. Like this is they really put some time into this when they developed it. Um, and then I was at a place where they did uh, they did do asset management and then they did uh, tracking the security controls with it. And I thought it was OK. I, it was it was OK. I didn't like how they do poems. I still don't. I haven't seen a pro a system yet that, that handles poems right that I that I care for. But Archer did, was better than CSAM, I'd say. Um, yeah, Archer is better than CSAM. OK, somebody asked me. I have done spreadsheets and notepad. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I, I can't say I've done Notepad before, but I've, I've messed around with with uh, spreadsheets, and that's, whew, it's hard. It's, if you have a large system, working with, with spreadsheets is difficult, man. Not fun at all. Somebody asked me, what would you recommend, AZ400 or AZ500? You know what? I'll pose this question to everybody. I'm not a cloud person, but... Every anybody who I'll ask the question more than once so that uh, we can get there's a couple cloud people who follow me and they'll jump on a little bit later and I'll ask the question again. Just remind me to ask the question one more people. But I'll ask it right now. So anybody out there using cloud, somebody's asking me, what do you recommend? AZ 400 or AZ 500? And I believe that's a Azure um, certification from Microsoft, if I'm not mistaken. A AZ four hundred is yeah, it's a Amazon Azure certification, Cloud Academy. I don't even know the difference between those two, to be honest. Whoa, that's a that must be a boot camp. <laughs> that's expensive. Okay, let's go here. Yeah, but I'll, I'm not the right person to ask, but I'll ask uh, I'll ask some people. OK, somebody said uh, AZ 500 seems nice. Uh, maybe get 104 before 500. Let me see. There's 400 design and implement Microsoft De uh, DevOps solution and then AZ 400. What's that? No, 500. Sorry, AZ 500. Is he 500? Um, AZ 500, Azure Security Technologies. All right, yeah, I'll keep asking the question. Um, somebody already said, though, that AZ seems nice, but maybe get 104. Do you mean, do you mean 400? Or do you, is there a 104? AZ... 104. I don't, I'm not a cloud guy, so I really don't, I really don't know. Okay. It's 104 is its own thing. Okay. Got you. It 104 is a Microsoft Azure administrator certification. We'll ask again, WS, we'll ask again. Um, but in the meantime, let me see if I have, I want to see if I have any questions on, unless you guys have something. Adding value nonstop. Hey, thanks. Thanks, uh, Perry. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for watching. I appreciate you guys. Um, just so in, if for you guys that are, are late to the game, um, you guys should know I have a, a 99 cent book. I'm doing this as a promotion. I'm doing this as a promotion to launch. I'm, I'm launching a new book. It's about uh, the basics of 
prompt engineering, been using chat GPT. I'm venturing into some of the AI stuff. And what I'm doing is trying to figure out how can I use this as a career professional? What can I do in my own business? How can I use it in my career? How can I use it as a professional doing my business? What can I do? How can I create, um, do content creation with it? I've been using it for all this stuff. I've personally been using it to do some of the stuff I do that you see me do. And um, what I did was I consolidate so consolidate it into a book. And so that right now is is going for 99 cents. I'm looking for people to download it. I'm think I'm looking for people to get give me some positive reviews out there before I yank up to put up the price. And actually, it's going to be a part of a series. I'm going to have a series of books. One, I'm going to deep dive into where I'm a subject matter expert at. And I could tell you so far, I'm about a fourth of the way through the book, writing it right now. And I could say that ChatGPT is very useful. But you definitely have to ver validate all the information. <laughs> oh, man, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> you definitely have to validate all the information it spits out because sometimes it's wrong. Uh, so, you know, so if it, you're doing just I would say if you're if you're just messing around with it, like if you're just doing. I don't know, writing a script or if you're, um, you know, writing a writing a script for your content or writing a book or something like a nonfiction, a fiction book or something that you don't have to validate the, the, the facts, then it's, it's okay. Right. If you're playing a game, you can play games with it, all kinds of stuff um, or validating code or stuff like that. That's, you don't really have to, but if you're writing like nonfiction, if you're doing anything, and especially if, if people are relying on the information and the facts that you're given, you can't, you got to double check the information. Some of it's wrong. So <laughs> that's what I'm learning so far. Anyway, so the first book is just like how to write prompts, like write, how to write a standard prompt, how to do prompt priming. And the reason I started going down this path, because I feel like this is something that's inevitable. And I feel like every, at some point, all of us, all IT professionals, all cybersecurity people, I, I would say even lay people are going to have to know how to use prompts just like everybody has to kind of know how to use browsers and um it's it's going to be like that and for us professionals or people wanting to be professionals we have to go a little bit deeper and so that's what i do i talk about like what is a prompt and then i start going in deeper and deeper into what how you can use it to make more money how to be more efficient in your life like what can you do with it as a professional and as a business person that's what this first book talks about 99 cents on amazon right now if you go the boot the price will go up um, i'm looking for reviews the next book is gonna be well i got two of them in the works so one is gonna be um, going deeper into NIST 800, like how can you use it to write a system security plan? Like what's the best prompts for that? What kinds of things? You, what's What are some of the security issues? Because there's definitely security issues with this thing. Huge, huge, huge security issues with this thing. So uh, that's going to be a part of that next book. That's going to go deep. It's going to deep dive into that one area that I'm a subject matter expert on. And then there's another one where I'm going to do one about social how to use it for social media, and then possibly one more. I, I'm not sure about that one yet. I'm, I might do one that uses something called Pinecone. That one involves programming stuff. That's going to be fun to do. But uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise. That one's going to be really, really cool. But the first book is just like basic. 
All right. Somebody said, uh, can I get a high paying job with an A plus N plus network plus or an ITIL four? It depends. I mean, that's that's a pretty thin. Um, you didn't give me a lot of context there. Do you have experience? I would say if you had a lot of experience, I've, I've met people who have a bunch of experience in something and they they were making six figures with no degree, no certifications. My first two mentors had no degree or certifications. I came in. I had a bunch of certifications. They had none. But they had what they did have was a lot of experience. Experience trumps degrees, trumps certifications. It goes in that there's a pecking order. Now, if you have a little experience and one of those A plus, N plus, then my next question is, where do you live? And do you have a, uh, a security clearance? Do you have a military background? What's your background? That would be my next question, because there is a way you can still get a high paying job with little experience and assert one of those certifications. So um, it it kind of depends. I would say security plus with experience, depending on where you live in the country and what kind of background you have, what kind of experience you could you could land a pretty good high paying job. Well, it depends on what you mean by high paying. I currently have no experience and currently in school with a bachelor's degree in security and information assurance. So, so no, like more than likely you will not land. Um, I'm just telling you, like there's an 80% to 90% chance you probably, it will be difficult without experience to get a high paying job. I'm assuming high paying is over a hundred thousand. I'm assuming that's what you mean. If you mean high paying 60,000, if that's what you mean, then probably you could. <laughs> But here's here's what I would say to you if you're in school right now. Any this goes out to everyone who's in school. Number one, number one, if you're in school right now, you need to start working on your putting your profile together. Your profile that's on LinkedIn, your profile that's on Dice, your profile that's on Monster. And if you don't have one, you need to put one out there. The first step should be to create a resume. Create the resume. Put all your skill sets in there. You have skills. If you if you've been doing this for a little bit, you have skills. You probably know a little bit of HTML. You probably know some cascading style sheets. You probably have created a website. You probably have built your own computer. You probably been, there's a million things that you probably already know, but you got to put it in your skill set. Those are things you could put on your resume. Um, you got to start somewhere, right? So, and projects in school, you can actually put that on your resume. So and if you're not sure how to do that or kind of like how to word it, I've got a free resume. My personal resume is out there right now. You can go to um, combocourses.net, link in description, link in bio. Go there, download my resume, and it'll kind of give you an idea. Now, I have 20 years of experience, so you'll see all kind of crazy stuff on there. But what I mean is you can look at my resume and get an idea of how you word, how you put the keywords. Now, if you want to go deeper and you want to know how to learn to find keywords, um, I've got a book for that. So you can go ahead and check out my book and it's going to walk you through everything I've done. And it's it's not expensive. So that book right there, just if you're looking for a discount on that book, a huge discount, go to um, combocourses.net, link in description, link in bio, go ahead and check it out. If you watch my videos on a regular basis, go to YouTube, go look for combo courses. I got tons of free stuff that'll walk you through it. Now it's kind of all over the place. And people are like reposting my stuff and all that kind of stuff. But it's out there and I'll walk you through everything if you just don't have the budget for it. But if you really want to invest in yourself, um, that's one good way to start. Um, let me see. Somebody said prompt. What is that? So a, a prompt in regards to uh, artificial intelligence 
Um, chat TPT, Bard, Bing Chat, and other LLMs. There's, there's lots of them right now that are merging. A prompt is just asking, basically, is what do you put into the what do you put into the AI to get a response back? And it can be as simple as what is NIST 800? That's a prompt. You type in what is NIST 800? That's a prompt. Now, if you wanted to write, if you wanted to know um, how to write a system security plan, that's a little bit more complex because now you got to put in your input for that system security plan. So it can write the system security plan. Like it could, it'll write you a template. If you get it, give it nothing and you say, uh, give me a NIST 800 um, Rev 2 system security plan, it'll write it. It, but it'll be a, t a blank template or it'll just come up with some fake information and put it in there and it'll have the proper format and everything. Now, here's the thing. Here's where it gets a little bit crazy, because if you work in the government, you can't put that stuff in a publicly available. <laughs> you can't put real data into a publicly available system like ChatGPT. You have to do something else. You have to download and then your organization will have to approve it before you download it. There's this whole process you'd have to do to do stuff like that. But there's other things you can do. I mean, you could probably have it do a, a you could probably have it write a draft for you if you are writing a paper for your uh, to evaluate what the difference between ServiceNow and CSAM or something like that. It could probably write that for you. You'd have to check the data if you were trying to use that to validate why we should get ServiceNow over CSAM or what's the pros and cons. To, but it could write that for you. Like it can write a brief summary for you. A prompt is a simple ask from an, a an artificial intelligence. Once you start getting more complicated, like if you're a professional and you want something more nuanced, that's when the prompts get a little bit more complicated. You can do things like a prompt priming where the, when you start off the prompt, it's remembering what you just said. And then you're adding to that. That's prompt priming in, in the simplest terms possible. Um, you can do things like macros where you're grouping prompts together. You can do things like um, um, if you have a website, you can figure out what's the keywords. It can figure it could tell you what's the key, the top keywords in a certain given category and then write to a script to do something like this. Um, so it is pretty powerful. And then there's something called auto GPT where it'll automatically it. You could just say, I need a site that can dominate in in um, keto diets. Um, what? start to start writing it and it'll create a website. <laughs> this is crazy. It'll start a website, gather all the keywords. I mean, it will write the key. It will begin to create it for you and then put it all together for you. Now, I, don't, I can't say how, how accurate it's going to be, right? I have no idea, but you probably have to still do some massaging to get it right. And then you got to be uh, careful with some of the services out there, because if you create a, it, it can, it'll automatically create a bot for you. And then start advertising it. But, you know, you can't do that on every platform. So anyway, so that's what prompts prompts are. Just ask a simple ask from an a artificial intelligence. Um, it's, at some point, every one of us is going to know what that is. It's going to be like browsers. All of us are right now on some sort of a browser. Everyone has to know what a browser is. Like it's it's everywhere. Like we don't even talk about it. It's 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 the thing that we use to talk to one another and we don't even acknowledge that it's there. That's how prompts are going to be. That's how 
that's how AI is going to be. I think AI is going to be using it everywhere. And the reason why I say that is because Google, Facebook, um, and uh, Microsoft, and everybody's already starting to integrate it into their top technology. Microsoft is already trying to integrate it in versions of Windows 11. They're already integrated into their browser. Google is too. Google is working on their second iteration of an of a artificial intelligence. The first one's Bard. The next one's called Magi or something. They might change the name. I mean, this is recent. So this stuff is moving really, really fast. Um, let me see. So that's why I say this book is an introduction into what, what all this stuff is and how you can use it as a professional. It's very, very useful. Um, it's it's not you don't want to have it doing stuff for you, but um, what you want to do is use it to enhance your work. Um, somebody said, uh, "What is your coffee? It looks creamy. It's actually tea. It's tea with cream in it." I started doing this. I don't know why I put cream in it now, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, let me see what what are your thoughts on going into the military for IT or cybersecurity. Um, what are my thoughts for going into IT, going into the military for going in going into the military for IT or cybersecurity? Okay. Here's my honest thoughts about it. Now, I first of all, my background, I was in the military and that's where I learned IT. Um, the military changed my life. Um, it absolutely changed my life. It, I didn't have a lot of the structure at home that I needed, and the military was able to give that to me. That said, when, by the time I got out, I had um, two different career paths I could take. I could be, I could actually be a security uh, policeman. I could be a police officer, or I could. I had the background for it, or I could be in going to IT when I got out. I had on-the-job training. I had. Um, protected millions of dollars in resources. I'd been all over 15 different countries. I I had all this experience in several different parts of IT alone. Like I was in on help desk. I did network engineering. I messed around with routers, switches. I did um, all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, risk management framework type GRC stuff. I did all of these different things in the military that gave me, gave me hands-on experience. That being said, I don't think it's for everyone. I would not recommend it to my kids, for example. I don't tell my kids to go in the military. Um, the reason why is because it's um, it's a commitment that uh, it it's a commitment that could it jeopardize your life. <laughs> I'm being completely serious and honest. So um, it's you know you, you could end up in a war zone. Like it's it's serious. And maybe maybe that's I'm saying this because I went in like right before, like a few years before 9-11 when all this terrorist activity was. So I'm kind of jaded. Like when I was in, there was back to back terrorist activity happening all the time, including 9-11. So a lot of things happened when I was in. Now it seems like it's a little bit more calm, but you never know. So what I'm saying is my advice to you is if you're trying to do this, I'm not telling you not to do it. It was it was an awesome move for me. Like it changed, completely changed my life. But if you're going in just, I would not go in there for one thing. 
if you're going to go in, go for more than one thing, I would say, unless you just love, love, love the military. If that's you, if you're just you're just into the military, and you just love everything the military does and go for it. But if if you're just doing it to get college, don't do it just to get college. I would say have more than one thing. And the reason I say that is because it's going to get rough. It, it's it's going to get rough for you. So if it's OK to go in for college, I'd say. But also going for traveling the world, like have more than one thing. And that way it increases your incentive to keep going. And to be to tough it out because it's not going to be easy. They do not make it easy for you to get in. They do not make it easy for you to stay. So if you have but if you have a mission, if you have if you go in with a goal and you say like, that's what I did. I said, you know, I I didn't even like I did so many other things, but I was trying to get a degree you know, I, I was a high school dropout. Like I had nothing on the outside and I was trying to go to, I was thinking about going to a vocational school, but it was so rough at home. that I was like, man, I, I can't survive. I'm not going to survive here. You know, I'm not going to survive. I can't even focus on basic living, surviving, let alone becoming an electrician, which is what I wanted to do. So, um, or it, I wanted to go into some computer, it, electrician, anything technical. I was just fascinated by it. So I would say somebody said do one enlistment and get out. <laughs> nice. Um, so here's what I would do. Number one, have more than one. You might want to stay in. I would I did two enlistments. If you have a goal, you'll stick with it. If you have more than one incentive or reason to be in, you'll stick. That's what I did. So I wanted to go, I wanted to travel the world. That was a big one for me. And I wanted to um get a degree. And I was able to do both those things times two, you know, so I I really got all of that. And um, as an added bonus, it gave me this world pers perspective that I'd never had before. And um, and then I still travel to this day because I love it so much. And the world, if you haven't traveled outside of the United States or outside of whatever country you're in, then you should definitely do it. It really gives you a different perspective on life and humanity and everything you know, like right now, like a lot of times people are like this. They're they have blinders on. They've never seen any other countries. They never participated in any other cultures. They don't know what it's like outside of their own borders. Or act. Some people are not even outside of their own city. They don't have no clue what happens outside. And it's not like the news. It's not like social media. The world's so much bigger than what you, you know, than where you've born, where you're born at. I uh, hope that helps you out. I understand I'm going into active reserves, man. I want, I also want my hands on learning. Yeah, learning is, and security clearance. That's cool. Um, I give you, yeah, more incentives you have to get in, the more you'll stick with it. Because it's really about your ultimate plan. Like have a plan, have a, give your, get yourself a five-year plan that you, that is worth the risk you're about to take because you are about to risk. In some cases, you might have to risk your life, man. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm jaded. I went in when there was a lot of terrorist activity. A lot, I saw a lot of stuff, man. Um, don't go in without a five year plan. Like have a five year plan that you that you when you get out, don't be one of these guys that get in and don't do anything in the military and then get out and they'll have they don't realize even how much skills they have even getting out. Don't be like that. If you have a plan before you come in, 
then when you get out, you'll come out with something, you know, or maybe you'll stay in. I mean, maybe maybe you need more time and you'll stay in. All right. Let me see. I got some other questions here. Um, somebody said, uh, Bruce, I found your plan of action, a milestone video. Oh, my God. This really helped me to strengthen my stig, my stig learning. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I got tons of stuff like that out there. Um, real, real deep plan of action and milestone, especially in my course. My courses have super deep stuff. Um, but if, yeah, if you don't have the, the money or means or time to do it, then you, you can just go to YouTube and find my plan of action and milestone stuff. You can find stuff. I, I talk about CIS. I talk about uh, a little bit of ISO 27001. I talk about NIST 800. I talk about all risk responses. From organizations, all kinds of stuff, and recently start getting into AI stuff. I'm going to go much deeper into that soon. I just need to prepare some content um, that's that's worth worth a full video. Um, but in the meantime, I have a book about it. Let me see. I got some other questions. Somebody said, "Hello, I have no experience, but I already have an, an A plus, a network plus, a security plus. What advice can you give me to get into cyber?" Um, get experience. Um, the next thing that your focus should be, if this is you, if you have no experience, um, your next thing to do, uh, is to get experience. Now the next, the question you should be asking me is how can I get experience? That's, that is what you should be asking me. And, um, that's a good question. If you happen to already be at a job, what I would do is start where I where where you are. If you're in a hospital, for example, if you let's say you're a healthcare professional, what you can do is try to laterally transition or just help the person that the IT people there. See if you can volunteer your time to help the to help the IT people or ask the organization if they need somebody to laterally switch over to IT. Now, if you happen to work in retail, if you happen to work in the restaurant industry, if you happen to be in financial sector, whatever job you're at, see if you can make a lateral change. That means like you work, you're a chef and you're trying to be an IT person. See if the company that you're working for will allow you to literally transition over to the job as an IT person. This will this might work if you work at a large organization like Walmart or Target or, a, you know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield or whatever, like big companies. They're always looking for people and they'd like to retain the people they have. And sometimes they'll have a career path that's in their in that job you're at that they need people there. So if you're willing to like transition over, sometimes they're open to that. So that would be the first thing I do. If you happen to be in a job right now, especially at a large organization or medium sized organization, See if you can transition over there and then they pay you to continue to learn. Now, if they're like, nah, you know, we, we, we really need you to be a chef. We really need you to be a teller, bank teller or whatever. Then see if you can volunteer your time with the IT guys. See if there's a way you by hook or by crook. You got to get the experience. You got to get that. And the reason why I so experience that. So it's it's very valuable is because. When you put that on your resume, that's that's money. Every hour you put on every bullet statement that of experience you have is more money. Think of it that way. So you got to get experience. If you're if you're if you're still in school and you have no experience, get experience. 
you know, if you happen to be at university right now or at a community college, see if there's a work study program, an internship, anything to get that experience. Another thing you can do if you maybe you're not employed at all, you don't have you have nothing right now going on. See if you can look, you have to have first of all, let me back up. You have to have the knowledge. There's no way around that. Like you have to a certification tells us that you can take a test and pass it. Because anybody can just brain dump a certification and pass it, and then they got a cert. And it's you know, I mean, that's good. I mean, congratulations. But you you got to get the knowledge. You got to have the knowledge first, okay? So I'm assuming you already have the knowledge. Nobody is going to do this career field without the information and the knowledge. Nobody. Um, period. And if you're thinking, oh, I could just AI my way through it, no. <laughs> Even to do the prompts for AI, you still have to understand like what it's telling you in order to know if it was right or wrong. You got to know what questions to ask. <laughs> so it's not going to magically, you know, it's not a, you've got to still know the knowledge. Anyway, so I'm assuming you already know the knowledge. If you work, wherever you works, try to see if you can laterally change. If they won't let, let you transition, then by steal the information, like whatever you got to do to get the experience, volunteer your time for free and work with the IT guys and um, beg for forgiveness when they catch you working with the IT guys to get that, that experience. Cause you could put that on your resume after that, you know? It, so that's another thing you do. Let's say you don't have any of that, your work, you don't have a job or nothing like that. There's places in your community. If you have the knowledge base, that you can volunteer your time to help out like in old folks homes if they need Wi-Fi or something set up. You have the knowledge now. You have an A-plus certification. You have a network plus. You can set up networks. That means you can set up networks. Go set up some networks for a old folks home or go to, if you go to church, like go to your church, uh, help them out. If Whatever you got to do to get experience, that's what you got to do next because then you got to put that on your resume and that is money. All the experience you get, the more experience you have, and the more and think of it like this, the more versatile your experience is like not don't just know Windows, no Mac, no Linux. If, if you have access to those, the more operating systems, you know, and can build and all that kind of stuff, the better. Somebody said, Mike, hey, Mike, how you doing? He says, I'm doing an information security internship at ship at the place I work as a IT front desk. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Mike. That's exactly what you do. So now Mike, who's in university, who's the IT, he's on the IT desk. When he gets out, he'll be able to put all that stuff on his resume. He should be putting it on his resume now and putting it on LinkedIn, on Dice, on all that. Because then he'll be getting contact before he even gets out of college. Then at some point, he's going to have to make a decision. He'll be almost done with his degree. And somebody, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, some local company is going to say, hey, we saw your resume. You got two years of experience. You have one year of experience. And you you say here that, you know, Windows 10 and Windows 11. Like we were looking for somebody who knows this. Would you be interested in uh, taking an interview? And then Mike is going to have to make a decision and say, OK, hmm. well, I still have two years of, experience, of school left. And maybe he just does the interview anyway and says, listen, I'm still working on my degree, my bachelor's degree, my associate's degree, whatever. Um, I got a year left, you know, uh, but I would be happy to work for you guys, you know, so you got to get the experience first. That's what that's what that's what I would say 
is the next thing you need to do. And then after that, after you get the experience, put that on your resume, put that on your on LinkedIn, on Dice, on Monster, and then you'll you'll get some offers. But then you got to be aggressive and start looking for the offers. Um, what is the best way to work on getting experience while taking courses or certificates? It it really depends on where start where you're at. That's what I would say. The best way is like I'm telling you guys is to start where you're at. If you have no experience, wherever you happen to be, um, it's better to ask for forgiveness um, than to beg. For listen. Number one, see if they have openings. Ask your boss, say, hey, do they have any openings for IT? Because um, I'm trying to get into IT. And he, maybe he or she will say, well, yeah, there's a website. Go to the careers website. Go check it out. They might. I've heard that they have a program. Some You'd be surprised. Some organizations have a program separately that will train you from this job over to this job. That's what happened to me. I was, I was a police officer in the military, and I, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't I didn't like it wasn't for me. So um, I was like, I'm trying to go into IT and I was kind of a geek. So I was always messing around with my computer, always learning, trying to learn code. Just I was fascinated by it. So I was always messing around with it. And um, I wanted to do that for a living. And I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm trying to cross train. That's what we called in the Air Force. I'm trying to cross train into cross rate is what the Navy calls it into this other field. Like, how do I do? And he was like, nah, you can't do that. I was like, really? He said, no, you can't because our field needs more people. And you guys, we, we're not allowing anybody to go over there. And I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right. So what I did was I went to another organization and asked. I went to there's another organization we had on base that handles careers. And I was like, they would know. So I went there on my off time. And said, hey, I'm trying to cross train from here to here. Like what? How can I do it? And my boss is telling me that we I can't because this, he says, nah, that's not true. He says, what are you trying to go into? I was like, I'm I'm a 3PO X1, which is a police officer. I'm trying to go to be in computers or something else. And he said, yeah, like there's actually there's a field right here that needs a, needs people even more than the police officers because the police officers are low man. But this one is even more low man. And I found out later the reason why is because everybody, as soon as they got their certifications and degrees and had some experience, they'd be offered like 80K on the outside in the military. I found that out later. Anyway, so I ended up cross training into this other field. So you got to see. Listen, first ask, see if you can get over. And if they say, nope, you can't do it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Then do your own research. Go on the website of the company. And see if there's any careers that's looking for jobs. And if they don't have any, it's not the end of the world. Start looking around for local jobs that you can do. Anything you can do to get experience, like what you really want. In the, here's, here's the perfect model for experience for you. It needs to be an organization. It needs to be an org. The best, the best experience you can put on your resume is going to be is usually going to be some organization that trust you, trusted you with their network, their information, their backups, their whatever, right? So you need to have it an organization that could be a university, it can be a store, it can be Walmart, it could be Target, it could be a restaurant, it could be any kind of organization that trusts you with their important data. It could be your uncle's uh, tire store, like it could be as long as you could put the organization on there. 
And here's another trick you can use. You could be a freelancer and you could put that you were a freelancer in the description of the experience. If you're a freelancer, I've done some freelance work. There's no, there's no shame in it. Actually, that shows that you have self-discipline, actually, you know, that you're a self, uh, you don't need somebody to kind of direct you. You can like go and get things done. So you can also do freelance work. If you're looking for freelance work, I mean, there's Tom on, there's some on um, LinkedIn, on Upwork. Some of it is remote. You don't even have to be there. Like you can actually fix it remotely. Um, and you could actually do freelance work on your own and be a freelancer fixing local computers at your, for your uncle, for your aunt, for your, you know, for your local, anybody. You could put freelance work, fixed X amount of computers, removed a root kit uh, from client and the client's your grandma. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being creative here. But you could put that on. I mean, of course, if you come in the, in the interview, you'd want to be able to describe like how you did it and break it all down. And if they're asking you about your client specifically, you can say, well, that's that's client information. I can't go into who it was or anything, but. Um, my client had a root kit on their system and here's how I removed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying you got to be creative, right? But that's experience. Freelance work, which you can do anywhere um, that you could put on your resume. Another one would be local institutions, um, your local church, your local library, your local VA office. Your, these guys are looking for people to help them out with their Wi-Fi, with their network, with their all that kind of stuff. Especially if you happen to be in that community, you definitely want to ask them your job. You can do transition. You can laterally change from one job to another. And if they don't allow you to just shadow the IT guy, ask the IT guy directly. Go to him and say, hey, man, I'm trying to learn. I'm, I want to I don't want to be a bank teller anymore. OK, is there a time that I can come in and can you show me how do you do IT? Like, I want to learn how to do this stuff. And they'll they might like normally they're going to be cool about it. You know, sometimes if they're in a secure environment, then no, they're not going to be cool about that you know, because they can't allow you to go there. But there's going to be some instances where they want to teach you and you could just shadow them and be helping them to do stuff if they, you know, if you earn their trust or whatever. Um, so those are some of the best ways you can do it to get the experience. Uh, let me see. Somebody said. Um, somebody said um, I wanted to go into the Marines when I was 27. Desert Storm was was up. Yeah, it's brutal, man. It's 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 not nice. The recruiter wanted me to uh to score amazing on the math score. Yeah, I don't you don't really have to have a high math score to to go to be an infantry. That's weird that he would ask that. Jojo says, "How do I network with other professionals besides LinkedIn for jobs?" Um one way would be to on this on this uh, joining these lives, there's actually quite a bit of of uh, people to talk to in this. You can also go to my Discord channel. Like I, a lot of people follow me who are already in IT. Um, either they're they'll come in here and they'll they answer questions for others. Like I I would say one way. Like here's one way is just to join my community. Jumping on these calls is a great way. A lot of people here. I could cut, pound, count out a couple. Vaughn. Is a cybersecurity professional, IT professional. Um, I believe uh, Perry, who's right now he's on LinkedIn. Um, let me see. There's some other IT professionals that are here who are in the field 
who are actually doing this work and you can contact, you can talk to them, you know, um, also discord, my discord channel. You can just go in there and ask questions and people start exchanging information on there. So that's one way. Another way. Um, I Social media is kind of, it's, I don't know. It depends on the community. Like I haven't found any solid Reddit channel. There's there's a couple of good security compliance Reddit channels that might help help you out. Um, another place is something called the. Uh, here's here's one local uh, you can find. This is probably one of the best ones that I would do if I were you. That's offline. What? Let me. I'm assuming that you are in um, Nevada. I don't know where you are, but Nevada. There's there's a group called ISSA. Let me show you this. This is one of the best ways to to network with other IT professionals in your area, wherever you live. There's an organization called the Information Systems Security Association. This is a group of people who just get together once a week or sometimes once a month and they just talk about cybersecurity stuff. They talk about jobs. They'll have vendors come out and do like a presentation. Um, they might have like Net Scout come out and do a presentation. And if you, wherever you're at, just type in, uh, this one's for Las Vegas, Nevada. And, and that's a, I'm assuming this is a popular one, but let me show you another one. Um, ISSA, wherever you happen to be, let's say you're in the DMV area. Let's say you're in uh, Maryland. Maryland. So here's an ISA chapter in uh, ISSA in, in Maryland. They probably have more than one because this is a huge community. Look, they already have their, they're going to meet on the 26th. And then they have who's going to come out. They'll have, uh, this is a great, great, great place to to find other cybersecurity professionals. Um, I found so many job opportunities, so many, uh, so many captains of industry will show up there. And actually, the captains of <laughs> so-called captains of industry, they're not even the ones you want to talk to. You know what I mean? You want to talk to like that manager who's looking for a couple people in your area. Those are the guys you want to talk to. Yeah. So, Joe, what you want to do is look on. Look in Bellevue, Washington, Seattle, any of those. And um, and they're going to have an ISSA group. Go to that group. Just show up and you'd be surprised. It's very cool. Like you have a bunch of like-minded people who are in this industry. They'll be in, you'll see them from working from Microsoft, from Nintendo, from all the places in your local area, right? You happen to, Nintendo has to be in your local, that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> but in the restaurant industry and the federal government and all of these people just come together as IT professionals and as information system security professionals, and they all just talk about like, here's a new job, here's uh, here's this new technology, you guys should check this out. Normally, they'll have like free food there, and they'll do it like maybe once. It depends on how active the chapter is. I was in one that was we did it about every about twice a month, I think. It was about twice a month, but there's some that are way more active, and then from there. There was a couple other chapters within the chapter. There was like groups that was that would meet up to do like hacking and stuff. Like there was a hacker group that was training to go to DEF CON. 
And then there was like a they were meeting, they were having a meet and greet in at the Black Hat that's in Las Vegas. They had just all kinds of stuff was going on. Uh, what what are these groups called? It's called ISSA. It looks like this. So ISSA is uh it's every it's in every state. Um it's in every single state. I don't know if it's in every single city, but it's in every single state. We'll have one of these. You might have to drive if you live rural, if you're, you know, in the middle of nowhere or something. But here's one for for uh this one's in Maryland. But let me let me show you. Texas. Let's look for one in um dumb old Texas. Let's look for one in plain old Texas. Plain old Texas. Um ISSA. Yep. There's one right there. Plano Tech North. So they have more than one in in one city. Look at this. Here's earn CPEs, learn networking, network, talk to other people. Um, here's all their meetings. Like once they're having one like once a month. Here's their meetups right here. All it's yeah, you have tons of these things. Another one is let's see. I bet you Canada has one. Ontario, Ontario, Canada. Um, ISSA. I bet you they have one. Yep, there's one in Canada. Um, let's see. Name a place. They're everywhere. These things are everywhere. You go there. Normally, it's a combination of people just networking. That's the main thing people do is that they network uh, about certain things. I think you could just go to the main site too, and this main site will take take you uh, to anywhere you want to go. This is not the one. I'm, this is not the site. <laughs> That's not the site. It's called ISSA. If you so there's I guess there's a security training. Uh, let me see. We want security. They have conferences. They have summits. They have. Uh, let me see. Washington. If you if you happen to be like really into cybersecurity and you're trying to network, not like you know network engineering, but you're trying to network to find places, um, this is one of the best places you can go to. Here's one in uh, Puget Sound, Pungent Sound, Washington. Uh, let me see. Yeah, they're everywhere. So ISSA, really great place to network. Um, for sure, if you go to that, it's going to, it's going to ch change the whole trajectory of your career path. If you go on a regular basis, you'll meet people, you'll, you'll meet people with, uh, certain certifications, certain degrees, Hawaii. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of, I'm sure they have one in Hawaii. I'm so sure. What part of Hawaii? What Island? I bet you have one on every single Island. I have, bet you they have one on Maui. I bet you there's one on Maui. Maui's a pretty small Island. Let's say Maui ISSA. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Now I'm curious. Security. Maui cyberhawaii.org. I okay. Well, I see one in Hawaii. I don't know if there's one in Maui itself. But yeah, they have them everywhere, every state. And um, so ISSA has a podcast. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh man, I didn't know that. Uh, let me see here. Um, 
Bruce, last time I did, um, I did a event bill. Bill Gates was drunk, and three weeks later, he was divorced. What? <laughs> he was probably dr drunk because he was getting a, a divorce. And then lost a whole bunch of money. Iowa? Yeah, for sure, Iowa. Um, in the big cities. Big Island. Do they have one on Big Island? I bet you they do. Now, here's one in in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. I just found one in Honolulu. Um, let me see. That's one in Honolulu. Let's see if there's one in Big Island. Big Island. I was at Big, Big Island. I, I love that place, by the way. In Kona. I bet you they have one in Kona. A security. Hmm. Hmm. I think they have like a, a fee per year, but I'm not sure if you have to do it. I'm not sure if you have to do it. I'm looking on the big I'm looking for Big Island. I don't know if there's one in Big Island. <laughs> It could be that they have one and they don't have a website, which would be weird. Um, but I'd be really surprised if they don't have one in Big Island. If they don't have one in Maui, I mean, Maui's pretty small, so maybe not. Events. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Man, if they had one anywhere, I would assume it'd be Big Island. Hmm. Ah, uh, you have to research that one. Um, let me see. Somebody said um, cybersecurity difficult. Um, there's a learning curve to cybersecurity. Um, I would not say it was necessarily easy uh, because there is a learning curve. There isn't a learning curve to cybersecurity because it's multidisciplinary, meaning. To do it, you have to come in knowing some stuff. Like you have to know a little bit of networking. You got to know how computers work. You have to, you know, you don't have to be a scientist or an engineer necessarily, right? You don't have to know super heavy math or anything like that. Um, uh, but you do have to know some technical stuff. So that said, it's not. It's not something you can just walk in off the street, start. Anybody can do cybersecurity. All of us on some level do cybersecurity. But in order to get a role in cybersecurity, they're expecting you to have a, a level that's above the average person, if that makes any sense. And typically, they want you to have some experience in IT in general to do IT, uh, to do cybersecurity. So I would say cybersecurity tasks are not difficult the entry into cybersecurity i would say is not it's not for everybody number one and it i would not say it was easy i would not say it was easy i would not say it was like impossibly hard i would say it was moderately it was my it was i would say it was moderate but it also depends on what kind you go into because some of them are very difficult like uh, i would say for me personally um cryptography is super hard 
Like it's super, I cannot wrap my head around it. I cannot understand it at all, but that's part of cybersecurity. So I would not, that path, that's a path that I probably will never go into. <laughs> um, there's some stuff like um, cybersecurity analyst work gets pretty, can get pretty heavy. Um, I would say forensics can get pretty deep. Um, I've done some cybersecurity analyst work. It does go pretty deep. It, it goes pretty deep. Um, I would say pen testing, you got to not only be talented, but a little bit creative, and you got to know pretty deep knowledge to be a, a, a pen tester and to be um, like a hacker, a red team type of person. Um, there's, sci there's scientists who do cybersecurity, super, super hard stuff. Um, but then there's there's some that are that are a little bit more that are a little easier. There's no mathematics. There's not a lot of like technical hands on stuff. I would say GRC. What I do, I wouldn't say it was super hard. Um, I, I would say it's, it can get stressful. It can be psychologically hard, but technically it's not hard. Um, so yeah, I it's a mixed it's a mixed bag. It's I, I would say it's hard to get into cybersecurity. Not hard, but it's difficult. It's uh, that's the same word. <laughs> it's it's not easy to get into cybersecurity. It, it, there is a there is a learning curve, and then it, it's going to take time. So not easy, but not it's not impossible. If that makes any sense, I hope that. Um, I'm glad I've landed here. So random. I'm trying to get into becoming a secu uh, security operations center analyst. Oh, so I, this is something I did for a while. I was just talking about this security. A security operations center analyst is a um, also known as a cybersecurity analyst. So I did that for a while, and um, it was fun. Like I really, I really liked it. It was really, really fun because it it can go. It's like it would felt like I was solving puzzles all the time. And now that, that was just really fun to do. Um, that said, you kind of always got to be up on your game. Like you got to constantly, you're constantly in learn mode, you're constantly gathering information on the latest vulnerabilities, the latest threats. That's a big one. And then the latest uh, ways to secure your system. So you kind of always having to like learn. But that's that's a fun aspect for me. So I would say, like, if you're if you're like really into this, this is something you're really gonna love. It's really gonna be fun. Um, and there's a couple of certifications that can get you in the door that will help you out. Is your background in IT at all? Somebody said I'm I'm trying to get into SCADA hacking. Advise me on how what's the best approach. Thanks. Um, I'm not a SCADA guy. There's, there might be somebody on this on this live who's a SCADA person, though. And so I would say, if is there anybody who's doing SCADA in this live across Indeed, um, across LinkedIn, across Facebook, across YouTube? Is anybody have any advice? So somebody wonder asked. He said he's trying to get into SCADA hacking. Advise me on how what's the best approach to do it. Do you mean like you're trying to be a, a red teamer in SCADA or are you trying to literally hack 
a critical infrastructure because <laughs> that might be the wrong um i'm the wrong guy to talk to about that i'm not trying to catch a case um i did help desk some time ago truck driving has taken over trying to get back into it um hmm hmm what can you how can you what could you do from there what could you do from there you're probably gonna you're gonna have to start off with basic more than likely polishing up your your it skills you're gonna have to polish up your it skills number one you know so that you can i mean you've got a leg up on a lot of people so it's not the end of the world that you did it a while ago so i would do is i would number one polish up on my it skills that's what i would do that means like uh get up on what's going on right now i don't know how many years ago you did it but right now what's super hot is is uh cloud technology um is super big like i would learn up i would learn that stuff the basics you don't necessarily have to you know create a instance on cloud or anything like that but that would be nice um i would i would polish up my skills on linux uh command line interface stuff i would i'd get smart on um the current versions of windows um one thing you probably do on the road that that won't, as you're driving is probably work on um, Wi-Fi stuff that would both enhance. You mean you'd be able to have Wi-Fi, but also be working on it. It can go everywhere with you. So you could probably set up your own like Wi-Fi network and start working on it as, at your stops. That's one thing you could do. Um, maybe ask your trucking company if they have IT, if they need IT people, if you, if maybe, maybe they have Wi-Fi that's already on all the trucks and they allow you to go in and mess with them. So those are some of the things that you could do possibly. I, don't, I mean, I don't know your situation. I'm just kind of spitballing ideas of how you can get in there. But number one, I would say polish up your skills if you've been out for a while because it, it, things have changed and they're changing very, very rapidly. And um, from there, you want to start trying to get re more recent experience. And you can do that. Like you could try to help if you work for a trucking company. If you have your own trucking company, you could you could say you're a freelancer and like set up networking in your truck and then start like secure it and all that kind of stuff. Put a firewall on it, update the patches on it. That's another way you could do it. I'm just kind of coming up with ideas on the fly here, but that's that's a couple things you could do that you could that could help you get into the field again. And then you want to put that stuff on your resume. That's another thing. Put it on your resume and then start shopping around for IT uh, jobs. Now, right now, like in the beginning, it's going to be rough because probably trucking makes more than an entry level um, IT job, I imagine. And you're going to have to at some point get yourself an, an entry level unless. There might be, well, since you have a background, I mean, I don't know what you're about. I don't know how many certifications or degrees or anything like that you have, but you you might be able to land something that does make more in trucking since you have a background in it. So there's a chance. But the first thing is get the polish up your knowledge and then get that re more recent experience. Um, Somebody asked me, have you ever done a bug bounty? No. 
I'm I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a hacker. I'm not a red teamer. That's not my profession. Um, I'm I'm a GRC person. So um, I know that red teamers and hackers look down on on the my filth, which is policy type people. They see us as filth. <laughs> as long as I'm getting paid, baby, that's what matters. Okay, let me see. Um, got some other people jumping in here. Somebody said, Chan said, want a work from home cyber ISO role in one year. I start first IT field service soon with DOD. I will have a clearance soon. What steps should I take day one? My first IT job. Bachelor's degree, 10 years of experience. Um, what steps should I? So you want to do work from home. I start my first IT field service job soon in DOD, and we'll have a clearance soon. Okay, so, so okay, all right, I got, I got something for you, Chan. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Check this out. So what you want to do when you land this job is, and it's going to sound obvious at first, but I'm going to build to something here. Do a very good job. Do it when you get in, learn, be like a sponge, learn everything, don't turn any work down. Um, be that guy that goes out and fixes stuff immediately. Be super hardcore about it, show up on time all the time. Um, learn more stuff. If they say, Hey, we need somebody to learn this cloud stuff, learn it. If they say, Hey, we want to send this person to school, we want we need this or that done, do it. Learn as much as you can. Be super gung-ho. After about six months to a year, all right, what you're going to do, <laughs> what you're going to do is start looking for other work. Start looking for other work. Now, since you were hardcore in the first six months, like that means you you did all the tickets. You you never said no to your, your boss like you you always on time. You, if there's anything new to learn, you did it. The reason why it's important is because when you go to another job, they're going to call your old boss. They're going to call him and say, hey, you know, we, I did, we needed a reference that gave your name as a, as a reference. You know, um, did the Chan work there before? Yeah. Was he a good worker? What was your experience? Well, uh, he was awesome. And he always learned at, like he was always the guy, the go to guy. We hate to see him go, but. You know, he was he was a great dude. Never burn your bridges in information technology, especially cybersecurity, because it's a very small field. It's there's not many of us and we all kind of know each other or we know of somebody who does know you. So that being said, you got to always you can't burn bridges in this field. You can't do it, man. So do a good job when you get in there is my advice to you. Right. That might sound obvious to you. But then what you're going to do is open up doors to do that work from home job. We're looking for a work from home job person right now. You're going to have to have experience, right? But I work in a government agency. If, if we had a person like yourself who had six months of experience, if you had six months of experience right now, I would give you a link of somebody you can contact right now to come work where I'm working. Right now, I'm working from home for a government organization. We need people right now. So 
the first step though is to like be that guy, be that guy there. Cause when you leave, um, when you leave, you know, you're gonna have to use that person as a reference. I'm not telling you to kiss anybody's ass or anything, you know, but I'm just saying do a great job so that when you leave, it's felt. And that way you and you have a good rapport with that organization so that when you level up, right, you're using them as a stepping stone. So that's that's what I would say uh, is is how you want to do it. And that clearance is going to help you out quite a bit. Then, and another thing is if you leave early, this is why you really want to do a good job. Because if you leave early, they're going to be pretty pissed off, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, six months to a year is what I would say. And you retain your clearance right after that. Join the National Cyber League. Okay, this is another organization. Um, somebody besides the ISSA. There's actually a couple other ones come to mind, but let me check out the national. I've never done this national cyber league, but I've heard, I've never been a part of it, but I have heard of something like this before. National cyber. I wonder if this is the, if this is the one you're talking about. Okay. <clears throat> so here's, here's one that somebody mentioned. And I've got another one I just thought about, but this is National Cyber League is one. And another one is called the ISS. Oh, my Lord. What is it called? There's another organization, ISSF, ISS. Man, I cannot remember. Infrastructure. Oh, man, I have not. Let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> it's called infrastructure the x the fbi is a part of it cyber yeah i'm not gonna be able to i can't remember what it is damn it it's, it was a it was a while ago but it's also a pretty big organization besides isa this issa um, there's ISACA. There's one called ISACA. They they have meetups every now and then too. ISACA is the guys who do the ISS. They do the CISA and the uh, the C risk and some other ones. Um, but there's another one, and I can't think of the name of it. And they also meet from time to time. But that one's a little smaller. And Damn it, I don't remember what it is. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to move on, man. Getting too old for this. Can't remember stuff. Okay. Um, I also have risk management framework knowledge and have written policies for practice. Yeah. So that is great. Like you need to put, make sure that's on your resume. Make sure that's on your resume. And then when you get to this, also when you get to this next job, your first job as an IT service job, Make if there's every a, ch a chance you can write stuff, um, that's really really good for GRC work. If you're writing, whether it's writing plans or writing procedures for your coworkers or writing like work instructions or or, or pol helping with policy, 
any kind of technical writing you can help with or even training, that's really going to help you out to get GRC work after this six months to a year of you doing this field work. Joe, thank you so much for that two bucks, man. I appreciate it. Just keep looking, man. Keep looking. Keep on looking. Um, I think security security onion has some SCADA tools that you may do a home lab. Oh, okay. So Vaughn just gave me some information on the I don't know if the SCADA guy is still here. It looks like he already left. Did he already leave? Nope. Wonder. So wonder, somebody just said um, there's a site called Security Onion that has some SCADA tools that can offer you a home lab where you can, that'll help you to, to uh, level up. Somebody asked me earlier if there's a way that they can do some red team hacking on for SCADA systems. I guess they're trying to learn how to, like, how to defend uh, SCADA systems. And, um, and then somebody, Vaughn, said, there's SCADA tools from, there might be some for Security Onion that has something that'll help you out. So let me see. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Great information. Let me see if that's, let me see what we're talking about here. Security. I don't know if this is what you're talking about. I'm on Security Onion right now. Um, and I, maybe they have. Maybe here it is. Right, let me show my screen. Here's Security Onion right here, and I don't know if they have SCADA stuff, but uh, but there's the site. Not sure if this is you know check that out. Maybe that'll help you out. Um, let me see other questions here. And while I'm looking for other questions, you guys should know um, I've got another awesome deal on a book that's $1 right now listed on Amazon. I'm going to try to come out with more. I've got a ton of I got some books out there and I just been kind of sitting on them and now I'm just kind of slowly dripping, releasing them. So right now I've got one that I recently wrote that's um, that's on prompt engineering. If you're interested in that AI prompt engineering, it's going to be a part of a series where we go deeper and deeper to learn this stuff. At some point, all of us are going to have to know it, just like all of us know how to use a browser. It's going to be like that. So this is going to kind of just get you into the waters on how you can use it for your for, to be more efficient and even to make money. I see a bunch of cy entry cybersecurity jobs listed but with large requirements. And that's the thing, like entry level is not no experience. Um, a lot of times there's a, there's a misinterpretation of what entry level means. InfraGuard, that's what it was. Thanks, P.S. I'll come back to that. Man, how did you read my mind? <laughs> that's what exactly what I was thinking. Okay, anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. So uh, a lot of people, especially pe folks that follow me on TikTok, uh, people are trying to get into this field and they think they conflate entry level with like no experience. That's kind of, it's kind of two different things because entry level can include people with no experience, but usually it means 
you have little experience. It doesn't, it doesn't like organizations when they say entry level, it means that you have about a year of experience. That's what it really means. It doesn't mean no experience. <laughs> it doesn't normally mean that. But if you want to find those jobs, what you got to do is there's a filter on on uh, LinkedIn, there's a filter on Dice and on Monster where you can literally look for no experience. You type in what you want, cybersecurity analyst, cybersecurity, SOC analyst, whatever, and then you put there's there's a filter that says no experience or no degree. And then that will fine tune your search. So that being said, there are no experience jobs, cybersecurity and IT jobs with no experience, but they all expect you to know something. You know, you, there's no there's no exemption from not knowing any information like you have to do the, the work of like knowing the information. Um, let me see. P.S. says InfraGuard. That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> Man, what is wrong with me? And I just haven't used I just haven't thought about that in a long, long time. But there was this huge organization called InfraGuard. And it's just like ISSA where it's, it's all over the place. Um, let me see if I can find the their page. InfraGuard National Member Alliance. Um, yeah, I think this is it right here. Okay, so let me, let me uh, show you guys what I'm talking about here, just real quick. So here's InfraGuard and uh, Let's see, ISSA, ISSA, Seattle, Washington. They have a chapter everywhere. So I'm just going to show you guys real quick. Different ways to network. So here's ISSA. Um, this one I'll highly recommend. Just in, in your area, wherever you're at, type in ISSA. You'll find this a great way to network and find other people like-minded people with jobs, everything, all kinds of stuff um, that you can do. Here's another one, National uh, Cyber League. I'm not, this is the first time I've, I, I know of another one that's kind of similar to this, but here's another organization you can kind of uh, mess around with. And then there's one called InfraGuard. Let me see, where is that? Where is it? I just had it. Okay, here it is. And in, InfraGuard, these guys protect the infrastructure of the United States. So their focus is not just IT. It's on um, it's on everything. It's on any kind of infrastructure within the U.S. that could be targeted by uh, nation states. So this is uh, here's here's their part on IT. And it's linked directly to the CISA. So these guys will have like meetings every now and then. In in, uh, in other states, and I just remember being reached out to go to some of their meetings. But yeah, there there it is right there. Thanks for that PS, I appreciate it. InfraGuard is on hold. They were compromised a while back. <laughs> they are <laughs> Oh man, that's brutal, man. <laughs> uh they're vetting all members again. <laughs> you also have to apply, okay. <laughs> Thanks man, I appreciate that. That's too bad. That's too bad. It's a cold world. 
All right, guys. Uh, I think that that's it. I've been talking for about an hour and thirty minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go, but thank you so much. I'm gonna do these throughout the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple more throughout the week. So if you didn't know, I've always got free stuff out there. Always got huge discounts, especially for the people who follow me on a regular basis. If you follow this live, that's great. Um, but I also have a newsletter where I give out like jobs, um, like regular, I getting jobs like every day, you know, job, I can't do all the jobs. Like I don't need all that stuff. So I just give them out to my newsletter. I just say, Hey guys, here's some jobs. You know, some of them are actually work from home jobs. Some of them are high level jobs where they need a like, director or something. Some of them are low level jobs. Some of them like entry level positions. Sometimes I get those. So if you guys are looking for that, join my newsletter. I'll send those out every now and then. And I also send out free books, free courses, free all kinds of stuff. Um, so go to combocourses.net, link in description, link in link below. Um, you'll be able to find all my resources. The some one of the best ways, if you're just like really getting into this, is just to follow me on YouTube, combo courses on TikTok, combo courses on Facebook. I'll just put out stuff all the time, random stuff. You can also just email me at contact at combocourses.com, ask me questions or whatever. I'm pretty responsive. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. I'm out of here. I will see you guys sometime this week.